So today is Saturday. It is Saturday. June 22nd. June? Yes, it's June 22nd. It is officially summer, my friend. It's summer. Welcome to summer. This is it. Welcome to Wanted by None. What episode is this? 11. Episode 11. Yep. We have outpaced Star Wars. We're taking it to 11. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Wanted by None. It's Jeff Garoni, along with my partner in pod, Sean Beecham. Hello. We are back. We are getting Doug back. I don't know. How is your weekend going so far? It's going pretty great so far. Yeah. That's good. It's a beautiful day. Finally, a beautiful day. Rained all day yesterday. It was miserable yesterday. Uh, Beautiful day today. Sun shining. The windows are open. Uh, I have a feeling the AC will be on in a little while because it's hot, Mm -hmm. but... um, Beautiful day. Weekend's going well. Going real well. How about for you? Uh, not bad. Um, you know, on the way up here, I noticed they were doing the repaving on Wind Street, ah, on my yes. end of the Wind Street. And uh, dear God. So now I have to deal with not just the speed bumps here. I have to go through an obstacle course of manhole covers. <laughs> yeah. To get here. I've stayed away from Wind Street the last week. And they're doing it the same way that they, that Woburn always does paving which is in chunks which is to yeah not only in chunks but they they tear up the road and then they repurpose the road that they just tore up so invariably it's going to fall apart again yes it's just the cheapest way to do it it is if they just do it correctly it would probably last longer than a year i think that's wuburn's autobiography if we could just do it correctly it would last longer than a year well like you said the windows are open today the windows Uh, are open you have someone moving out downstairs. Somebody is moving out downstairs. Um, Those moving trucks take up the whole parking lot. That's, yeah. They just do. There's no way around it. And so, it's massive. It's huge. Yeah. So I, I don't know if we're going to be able to pick up any of that clanging or what have you. But They've been pretty quiet so far, I have to say. Yeah. And it seems like they're moving out of the first floor. I think so. So that should negate a lot of the banging. Yeah. Because you don't have to walk downstairs. Because there is no elevator in this building. <laughs> well, they told you they have wheels for everything, right? Yes, the moving guy says, well, don't worry, we have wheels for everything. And I, I don't care, it's not me moving, but it's a long walk. I've done it from the parking lot to my front door. Is a long, it's yeah. a long walk, and in the summer, it's not great. I mean, in the winter, it sucks, too, for other reasons. Real but. fortunate to be on the first floor, though. Yeah. I don't I mean, know how wheels, how far wheels get you on three flights of stairs. Not very far. <laughs> not very far at all. With, with tight corners. Yes, not very far at all. Other We're on the third floor because the missus didn't want to live on the first. Yeah. No, you don't want to have people living above you. I've I've done that. I really didn't care. Yeah, you don't care until you until you do. Yeah, I suppose. It always you always hear the weirdest noises when you have someone living above you and you, you can't place what it is. It's like mm. you have the is it bowling ball or are they dropping oh. wrenches on the floor? Like what are they doing up there? That's the worst. Uh, and of course, you never know. And then you ask them if they could keep it down. They're just like, I'm trying to live my life, man. Yep, it's not great. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. My wife was right. You fine, wanna, fine. Yeah, you want to live in the uh, the top of the castle. Fine, fine. She was right. Fine, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> fine. Yesterday, I took, my wife and I took White Dog 
to uh, the vet over here in Burlington, uh, actually. Yes. Oh, where's the vet? Um, you know that super busy road that I don't know the name of? Uh, Middlesex? Middlesex Turnpike? Yes. <laughs> My wife was making fun of me because I don't know the names of roads. Yeah, that one. It's it's right off that road. It's like over by Nordstrom Rack and... Uh, oh, I know exactly where you went. The Shell and... Dun- yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They were really great. Uh, she has to have surgery to get teeth removed. Oh. So that'll be in July. And that'll be wicked expensive, and I'm not looking forward to it, but it kind of has to happen. Dogs are expensive. Dogs are expensive. Animals are expensive. Kids are expensive. Yeah, she's she's like 10 years old now. Oh, yeah. Which for a little dog is not old, but it's still 10 years for a dog. (laughs) What is that in human years? In human years, it's 10. In dog years, it's, I don't know. 50 40 oh so she's like middle-aged uh, yeah she's like at she's at the, the turning point now and it's just gonna be the back nine are just gonna be brutal <laughs> there's no assisted living for dogs either yeah a few months ago it was the brown one you can't send that them we to, were taken to the vet you can't send them to plymouth to one of those over 50 communities with a golf course and a golf cart that's right no i just gotta no, deal no. with it that's so, a bummer it's okay so yeah, that that's pretty much been our weekend. It rained all day yesterday. So, yeah, it was kind of crappy. Um, today will probably be a little bit more productive. Yes, I imagine. I am exhausted. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell from my. You're a little more powered down than my usual. fumbling around this morning trying to get set up here. You're a little more powered down than usual. Um, we were up watching the NHL draft. Good for you. And. Those things take forever. They do. Yes. And the Bruins picked 30th out yes. of 31st. So they did. it was a long night for me. That's a long um, And then my cat decided to go full psychopath periodically throughout the night. So I got very little sleep. Good um, for you. So I have my coffee. Yeah, here, you do. And I'm ready to go. Mainline that I, shit. I think. I don't know. Mainline that shit. I'm excited for today, though. Well, we have a bit of a loosey-goosey show. We don't really have a, a structured topic. It's going to be fun. And at the end, we have a real treat for you kids. Do you kids like that rock and roll music? Because we got a treat at the end. What, what Sean and I have found, I think, is truly groundbreaking in the history of rock and roll music. <laughs> I'm surprised. It's not more popular than... Uh, but I think we're going we're gonna to get it over. We're going to set this shit off. So at the end of the show, we're going to play two very small clips from a forthcoming album from celebrities covering their favorite uh, rock songs. And what Sean and I found is truly remarkable. It's Christopher Walken singing Light My Fire uh, mm-hmm. by the Doors. These are just small clips. It's not the whole song. It's a couple seconds. So it's it's Christopher Walken doing Light My Fire by yep. the Doors. And I think the gem of gems, Sean Connery. So Sean Connery, James Bond himself, the father of Indiana Jones, Malone from The Untouchables. <laughs> The sea captain from the hunt for Red October. <laughs> and I mean, when you think Russian submarine captain, don't you all think Scotsman Sean Connery? Anyway, yeah. it's Sean Connery singing the Black Sabbath classic War Pigs. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned at the end of the program for that treat. That's uh, truly a rock and roll treat. If you love that rock and roll music. The, love the Christopher Walken thing has been something that we've... We we did that a long time ago in the car. Like that's oh, we're not gonna keep we're we're gonna break kayfabe and say this is a a, a bit okay fine. Well, I mean, this is fine. This is something that we've been dying to do on it this. It really has been something we've been dying to for do for a really long time, and I'm so glad we're actually doing it now. Me too. <laughs> uh, and who knows where this will lead? Probably nowhere. But the Sean Connery thing is new though. The Sean Connery came to me in a fever dream. 
<laughs> I like that we're expanding this this concept. It uh so as everybody knows, Sean and I commute together. We have quite a bit of time in the morning and in the afternoon and evening on the way home. Too in much the car, time too on much. My hands. Legit. And uh, we listened to classic rock because why not? And a door song came on one day, and I was feeling punchy, and. <laughs> I decided that it would be funny to sing it like Christopher Walken would maybe sing it. And uh, Sean popped. So it's become a thing where we were going to, we had talked about doing like a whole album of Walken doing door songs because it works for covers. Yeah. It works for so many of those songs. Like people are strange. Uh, Break on through would work. People are strange. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the doors catalog really. Oh, it's so great. Like touch me. Come on. Come on. Touch me, babe. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. (laughs) Yeah, riders on the storm. Um, it works. It does. And then the other day, War Pigs came on, and I do like that song a lot. And I like Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. And for some reason, in my head, I just started slurring my s's with a Scottish accent, <laughs> uh, like Sean Connery would. So, and it, the key word was black mustache. And uh, I was yeah. like, oh, we, I could do this like Sean Connery, as you do, as as one does. It really starts, Sean and I both love the clip from the 1970s of William Shatner singing Rocket Man. That's where it comes from. Uh, by yep. Elton John. That's really where it comes from. For me, that's one of the, where it comes from is watching Shatner yeah. spoken word through Rocket Man, which if you haven't seen the clip, it's an all time. It's truly all time. Yeah. If, if I can remember, I'll tweet it out or something. Oh, it's, it's magical. So good. It's, I love that. I watch that clip at least once a week. <laughs> Just it's so fucking hilarious. It's as if the audio wasn't good enough. The video is just And phenomenal. I can't tell if he's in on the joke or if he's doing it like this is the best. I don't know. That's a great question. Will Will Shatner. Listen, man. Love Shatner. Friend of the show. If you are <laughs> available and in the greater Boston area, uh come come provide some clarity on that for me because uh and then they did it on family guy like and stewie spoofed stewie the, yeah. does it on family guy which is also awesome uh if you <laughs> sean will find the clip this week and tweet it out yeah, yeah it's yeah. magical it's that's so wonderful the other thing i think that comes from it is my love of saturday night live and my love of bill murray so his lounge singer nick the lounge singer he did that a couple of times when he was on the show in the 70s um, yeah, we may have talked about that a little bit on episode in the, three, in right? the SNL episode. Yeah. Um, but that's something SNL has done a lot of either the, the singing, the mediocre to bad singer <laughs> who doesn't know how bad he or she is. Also, they've done the thing with like celebrities rapping or celebrities doing a, a, right. a soundtrack to an animated movie. But it was just fun. And, you know, we did the Lorne thing ahead of Saturday Night, the Saturday Night Live episode when Dr. Jones joined us. Last fall, the Pacino impression came out. Yep, yep, I yep. might have done Connery on I think that you show. Did. Yeah, yeah, the stupid Hunt for October. Um, I want to say that was episode seven. Yeah, yeah, if you haven't heard that, Jeff talks about how he gets in and out of it's one word. Yeah. It's you try to do it's the Kevin Pollock thing of like one word to kind of key it in. There was, um, speaking of episode seven, Kevin Bacon. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was recently on The Late Show with uh, Stephen Colbert. I love Kevin. And he has a new show on a mini series, maybe on Showtime. Oh, City on a Hill, City the Boston on one. Yeah. yeah, Boston in 1992 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the big close-up thing. He says he uses it a lot. Yeah, 
whenever he feels like the scene needs something and it's just not working. And it's BFC little... UKB, big fucking close up <laughs> of Kevin Bacon. And then they they do one on on the show on the yeah. Colbert show. <laughs> it's so funny. I think Tom Hanks thought it was funny. It's yeah. also fun to hear Tom Hanks do the Ron Howard impression. Well, golly gee, Kevin, okay. <laughs> He also does uh, Robert Semeckis, the guy who directed Back to the Future. Speaking of Back to the Future, there was another concept that we came up with a long time ago, and that was if they rebooted Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh boy. Not who? Not, I don't think it was a remake, but it was a re. It was a reboot. Yes. Um, and we could not. I don't think you could remake that movie. I think we would have to find down, a way. I think we 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 said Ellen Page would be good as Marty as the Marty. Well, character. the idea would be that the Marty character would be a female. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we couldn't pin down Doc Brown. No. And what I would say is, you know, Christopher Lloyd in those movies was really great. Phenomenal. He, he was really, really good. All time. And uh, that's tough to follow. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out, do you want to try to get somebody on that level comedically? Or do you want to go a different energy? And I think what I've come around to is different energy. Okay. And I've, I really like Galifianakis for Doc Brown. I, you know... I think his energy, his kind of laid back confusion, I think would be interesting in that role against Ellen Page. Yeah. That's not a bad pick. Yeah, because the only way you could go wilder than Doc Brown would be Robin Williams, who's not with us anymore. Right. Or Jim Carrey, and your movie now is too expensive. No, you're, you're right. You've just taken a $200 million movie and turned it into like a 220. Right, Scott! So what do you, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Aladdin. I haven't seen the new live action Aladdin, but I, I yeah, will eventually. Yeah, neither have I. I feel like Will Smith was the way to go for the genie. You need a different energy. You, well, you can't know, just do Robin Williams he, again. Originally, he said no to that role. I'm not surprised. Because he, he didn't want, because it's Robin Williams. He didn't yeah. want to, he didn't know, he didn't want to do Robin Williams. He nope. didn't think he could do Robin Williams. But he can't, so just do your um, thing. So he didn't want to do it. And then when they told him that he could put, his own sort of spin on it. He was the know, right open move. to the idea. And now you have, from what I understand, like a more, I don't want to say hip hop, but yeah. there is a, a bit more of a hip hop. Well, it's Will Smith. To it it's going to be, uh, it's a little bit more laid back yeah. and, and which is okay. Cool vibes. So yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I'm probably not going to see I it. I probably will. I like Aladdin. I loved that movie, the animated version. I loved it. I thought it was terrific. I mean, Robin Williams, I'll agree. That was one of my favorite Disney movies. I got to be honest. I think that's one of Robin Williams' best. Like, I don't think movies ever did Robin justice. Well, he's not the most attractive guy. Yeah, but I don't think anybody ever really figured out how to put him on film correctly. No. Except Aladdin, because you, it's animation. You have more room. Good Morning Vietnam. I thought Barry Levinson figured out mm. how to put him in a box, but let him be himself the other people who figured out is they just took him the other way was damon and affleck in goodwill hunting he's still very funny but he's really scaled backwards Re yeah really reserved really yeah. scaled backwards i think that's why he won the oscar i think if he had been doing oh, oh, oh it wouldn't have worked yeah. somebody once said the reason sean penn won an oscar for milk is because he smiles mm. The Academy is looking for people outside of their comfort zone. So if Robin was just going to go, ho, 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 violence, yes, ho, else, yeah, yeah, it yeah. wouldn't have been anything. But because he was basically... They, they've seen it before. Because he was basically doing Judd Hirsch from Ordinary People. They were like, oh. You know another movie I really like Robin Williams in? And this is maybe a little bit less popular. Fern Gully. 
I've never seen Fern Gully. Yeah, Fern Gully is fantastic. I mean, it's like a, it's it's like an environmentalist dream, right? You yeah. know, take down the big corporations, cutting down forests. But Robin Williams is great. He plays I, I I forget his character's name. It might just be Batty. Hello, I'm a nocturnal placental flying mammal, a member of the family of Pterodidae or Pterodidna. <laughs> You can't tell. I'm a bat. <laughs> yes, I am. And they used to call me Batty, Batty Coda. But he's a bat. And I, th- I think we do have he's to mention great. Mrs. Doubtfire because I mean that's one of my favorite movies. That's a great movie. Yeah. I watched that movie. Oh, it must have been like almost two years, a year and a half ago now. The Did last you ever time see I the movie it? Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner, the baseball movie? Yeah. Okay. I was watching an interview with Costner the other day because I watched Yellowstone, the show that he's on on Paramount. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching the interview with Costner and, and they were talking about Field of Dreams and he said, a, he told a story I'd never heard, which is the studio wanted to make Field of Dreams, but they didn't want him for two reasons. Oh, he had okay. done Bull Durham already, which was the baseball movie with Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. And he wasn't a big enough star. So the, the director said to the studio, well, what do you want to do? And they said, Robin Williams. Oh, <laughs> Okay. And, and the director said no, and he kept delaying and kept delaying, and then Costner's schedule opened up. Bull Durham was a hit. The Untouchables was a hit, so Costner was a bigger star. So they hired him, and so the director on a break is telling Costner the story, and Kevin was like, well, why didn't you make the movie with Robin Williams? And uh, Phil Alden Robinson, the director, said, look, if I make this movie with Robin Williams, the audience does not need me to tell them Robin hears voices in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. They already assume he does. <laughs> but yeah. you're Elliot Ness. You're the straight down to the middle guy. If you hear voices, they're going to go on that journey with you. And I thought there's a director who understands okay. his movie. Well, he understands his audience for sure. Understands it, but understands the movie. But if you put Mr. Americana, if you put Harrison Ford or Kevin Costner or Denzel Washington yeah. in the middle of that cornfield in Iowa, and he hears, if you build it, they will come. You're going to go on that journey with them. Fair enough. So I, I first of all, the, it blew me away. Like That's an this, interesting point. And it's so the studio thing of like, we need a star. Who can we get? Robin Williams. Yeah. Which yeah, is not always the right move. It's not. It hardly ever is the right move. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you find a lot of a lot of talent in sort of the lesser known actors and, and it, it really gives them an opportunity to shine. I was watching the original Ghostbusters the other day because it's 35 years now, 35 years this month for okay. the original Ghostbusters. And I, as I'm watching the movie and I'm watching Murray and Harold Ramis and Aykroyd and Rick Moranis and Annie Potts and all these brilliant people, I thought if they moved, you know, if they had made that movie five years ahead of that, Peter Venkman would have been John Belushi. And in a certain amount of time, Winston Zeddemore would have been Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Lewis Tully would have been John Candy. That was the original lineup. Aykroyd wrote Ghostbusters for him and Belushi. I can see that. But then Belushi died. So the studio was trying to, they in the studio were trying to figure out Venkman. Bill Murray wanted to do a serious movie called Razor's Edge. Mm -hmm. The studio did not want to make Razor's Edge with Bill Murray, but they agreed to it if he did Ghostbusters. Hmm. So that's one of the reasons why he did Ghostbusters. Eddie Murphy decided to do The Golden Child instead of Ghostbusters. 
I think looking back, we all might think Eddie could probably change his mind. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't know. And then the movie took so long, John Candy had to drop out. So then they got Moranis. I can, of all the things you say in that movie, like, could you put Belushi into Venkman and make it a movie? Of course you could. John Belushi was a genius. Yeah, probably. Probably. Could you put Eddie Murphy into Winston Zeddemore? Yeah, because at that point in time, Eddie comes in in the middle of the movie. He's not a huge giant star yet. He had only done a few. He had done one or two movies. He still would have been on Saturday Night Live. Perfect. Mm -hmm. I cannot see John Candy as Lewis Tully. Obviously, it would be a different character if you're doing it with John Candy. Agreed. But Moranis is so funny in that movie. Yes. I just, I forgot about him locking himself out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and just how funny that is. Yeah. Like, I think it's because Rick Moranis disappeared because his God, unfortunately, his wife passed away. Yeah, yeah. And he had two little kids. But like, Moranis is funny. Oh, hilarious. And he's underrated in that movie. Everything he does in that movie. Like he, talk about maximizing your minutes. Like in a, a basketball sense of like, you only get to play so many minutes. In mm -hmm. Ghostbusters, Rick, I don't know anybody who maximized their minutes who's not in the main group. I don't know anybody who maximized their minutes more than Rick Moranis. Agreed. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, Bill Murray's all over that movie. That was the point. But like... Oh, wait. He just keeps talking through the door. <laughs> yeah, he just keeps talking. Okay. And nobody's listening. And he just locks himself out and just, you know, okay, <laughs> who brought the dog? Wham. You know, it just... Who does yeah. your taxes? I mean, he had just so many fucking... You know, the beauty of that movie, like, if you want to watch two selfless people, think of all the lines in Ghostbusters, and then think how many of them are Aykroyd or Harold Ramis who wrote the movie. Mm, they yeah. are almost all Sigourney Weaver, Annie Potts, Bill Murray, Moranis, the mayor, the EPA guy. Like, I mean, Aykroyd and Ramis have lines, and, yes. and they do just fine. Yeah. But if you think of lines that have landed from that movie, I mean, most of them are Murray's. You know, back off, man, I'm a scientist. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like... The line about appliances. Yeah, you generally don't see that kind of behavior in a major appliance, which I use in my daily life. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, it's really Because I love that movie. I, 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 What started it is, it was their 30th anniversary two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. 35th. And there's going to be a new movie next year. Yeah. That Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son, is going to direct. Yep. And rumor has it, all the original cast will be in it and not like the Ghostbusters they just made where they're doing different roles. It seems to me that if Bill Murray is in this new Ghostbusters movie, he's Peter Venkman. Yeah. That's, that's the sense I get. If Aykroyd is in this movie, he's, he's Randy Stance, which is great. That's what I want. Yeah. I think that's what, that's what, that's what everybody want. wants. Yeah. Which is fine. I, I, I love that franchise. They could have done so much more with it. The shame of it is the second, and I, my wife is going to kill me now, the second movie just isn't as good. It it's just, just isn't. Not. It's not. I'm it's, sorry. It, it tries really hard, but it, it's not there. The thing about Dan Aykroyd reminds me of um, our mutual friend, Kurt Sutter, <laughs> who, who created, wrote uh, Sons of Anarchy, and he's Otto in Sons of Anarchy, and he cuts off his own tongue so he doesn't have to speak as many lines. <laughs> well, I mean, the, so the two people who are writing, the three people who are creating that movie are, are Dan Aykroyd, Hal Ramis, and Ivan Reitman. Aykroyd had worked with Bill on Saturday Night Live, so he knew what would work with Bill and what wouldn't. Sure. And they had a mutual like and respect for each other. Harold Ramis had worked with him on Stripes, 
mm. on Caddyshack. So he knew what would work with Bill and what wouldn't. And Reitman directed him in Meatballs. And he might have directed Stripes. Mm. So like those three guys really knew Murray. They knew what would work and what wouldn't. And probably how much space to give him too. Yeah, they knew. I, I mean, they knew. They also knew who, I mean, this. he was the top Bill. Pardon mm. the pun. He's top billing. If you watch the credits at the end, he's the first one they mention. Obvious reasons. Sure. That, I, that movie blew me away when I was a kid. It still does. It still works from start to finish. Yeah, it's really good. It really does. To think now of like what they had to do with those special effects, how practical it all was. And just like when you look at that movie now, it doesn't look cheap. No, it's believable. It all holds up effects wise. It really it's like does. When you go back and watch the original Star Wars cut, holds it looks, up. It, I, I disagree. I think the uh, the special effects are great, but they're you can tell they're fake. I think the remastered version is a little bit more believable. I also think um, you, when you watch New Hope and you watch Empire, you can see the effects make a jump. Oh, yeah. Like Empire is so much harder to tell. Well, New Hope was just a low budget indie film, right? And then it well, kind of blew up. There were no special effects houses anymore. Yeah. And studios had really stopped. They really weren't making science fiction at that point. Right. So the reason he created Industrial Light and Magic was because he had no choice. <laughs> yeah there was nobody who could do it and he was still constrained by 1970s technology there were no computers that's right there was no digital it was all pre like those spaceships were models mm -hmm. the the death star was my favorite like behind the scenes story is watching them blow up the death star they just cannibalized a bunch of model kits and they put it on wooden pallets and they went to like a, a shopping mall on a Sunday morning before it opened. They just lined the slats up in the parking lot. They put the models. They set the explosives. And at like eight in the morning, <laughs> the Death Star exploded with a camera going up and down. That's how they blew up the Death Star. Today, oh, they would do all of that digitally. It would, and they digital, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the same with Ghostbusters. Those, most of those effects were practical. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. And it, it, you know, the books passing back and forth, you know, the string or whatever. Man, what they could do in those, like, also like Back to the Future, those movies were huge. And if you think about it now, how, again, Back to the Future would be all digital and be so much easier. You wouldn't even need to build a car. Right. Yeah, you wouldn't. You would just need to build a shell of a car on a green screen and then they would madden the DeLorean later. They didn't need to go find a DeLorean. It's, it's just blows me away. I was, and I was watching a special feature where they asked Reitman, like, when did you know the movie would work? And he's like that, you know, that scene where Danny and Bill and Harold are running up the street. They're in the gear. He's like, I'm watching the people on the street. No extras because they would only let us close. The they would only let us close the street to traffic. People had to be able to move. Yeah. He's like, so ordinary people who were not paying are watching the three of them. <laughs> and it's a positive response. And he's like, oh, man, we're going to have a hit movie here. Oh, man. And That's they got funny. apparently they got a lot of. uh any kind of grief, like if the cops ever had an issue, he'd send Murray and Aykroyd out to talk to the cops because all the New York PD guys knew Murray and Aykroyd from the blues bar days. You know, if if those two guys can't turn around a, a police unit, well, I don't know. Well, no, it's because Belushi <laughs> and Aykroyd owned a bar, right? Oh, yeah. So when they were on Saturday Night Live, they owned a bar because the two of them hated the after party. Okay. They would go to the after party. And then the after after party was the blues bar, which was this dive shithole bar in New York City that Belushi and Dan Aykroyd bought as their own hangout blow off some steam place. Is that still around? I don't know. I mean, I, 
I assume not. Like in the capacity that Cheers is still no. down the street. No, I'm sure it's a. I'm sure it's something else now. Yeah. And that neighborhood is also probably gentrified now. I mean, this was Fair. 1977. Yeah. Um, but occasionally those those soirees went to very early Sunday morning, and cops were regulars at the Blues Bar because they loved Belushi. Like this, for all of his fault, Belushi was beloved. I don't think people understand. One, I don't think they know how they. I can't stress how big John Belushi was. Right. Like at one time, Animal House was the number one movie in America. The Blues Brothers album was the number one movie, and he was on Saturday Night Live, which was one of the top ten rated shows in the country. That's a rare feat. Yeah. And he was also to people who weren't famous. Belushi was very nice. He wasn't a dick. I mean, he was a dick to you if you were a dick to him. But mm. for most people, he he liked people. And people liked him because he was he seemed like a down-to-earth. He wasn't handsome. He wasn't matinee idol handsome. Sure. You know, he's not Steve Martin. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Belushi was beloved. And the cops loved Belushi. You would think, you know, he would be trouble because of the drinking and the booze. But the cops loved Belushi. And Aykroyd is also kind of a down-to-earth guy the cops loved Ackroyd too and by extension because Murray hung out with them they got to know Bill so the NYPD was really easy on Ghostbusters because they loved Danny and Bill so Reitman was like if there was ever an issue where I thought maybe the cops won't let us Danny and Bill would go over talk to him sign autographs <laughs> and it was all fine okay and he said I didn't understand how big Saturday like, he said until you hung out with them in New York mm -hmm. even though it was seven years later you didn't understand how big Saturday Night Live was but I love that movie I'm looking forward to the sec to, to the movie that comes out next summer I, are you gonna you're obviously gonna go see it oh yeah would you go see it if they released it and then a few months later re-released it with seven more minutes of end credit footage ah I don't know on that score, but I will tell you I'm not going back to Avengers. <laughs> and it's not because, first of all, just so we're clear, because we didn't really talk about it. I loved Endgame, and I thought it was terrific. I just, I saw it twice. There's other movies I want to see this summer that I, I that need sure. my attention. And, and yet they've they've just announced that well, they're, it's, it's going to hit theaters again. Yeah. But it's going to have an extra few handful of minutes at the end of the movie. I think in the end credits, so it's not even the actual movie that's no. any different. It's just the, uh, an extra end credit scene. And it's, you know, they want to beat Avatar. Is that, I, that's all it is, is the yeah. cash grab? They want to beat Avatar, which is fine. I, I don't care. Uh, the, for my money, the movie will be out in a couple months. Actually, probably a couple weeks. I, a rumor I heard was that it would be on digital July 30th and then in stores on August 13th. If they can't get you... Back in the theater. You, of all people. That's a time commitment I just don't back have. Back in the theater to see this extra seven yeah, minutes. Are they really going to make... How much money are they going to make on this thing? I don't know. I saw it twice. Like, here's... For me, I can't speak for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I saw it twice. Back-to-back -back weeks. I went one week and then the next week went again. So, like, they have my money. <laughs> yes, they do. I want to see Spider-Man, which comes out in, like, a week... I loved Endgame. I enjoyed it, but I need to move on to other movies at this point. It's it's time to move on. I really want to see Rocket Man, which I haven't had a chance to. Oh, my parents just saw that. Everybody I have heard loves it. They said it was pretty good. They said they liked Bohemian Rhapsody better. Ah, the people I saw who saw it told me they actually the liked opposite. Rocket Man more. Yeah. Because Taron Egerton sings. Uh, well, I guess that's fair. And it's not unconvincing. 
he sounds a lot like. Have you heard him do the songs? He sounds a lot like Elton. No, John. I haven't. He also, I love the Kingsman. Uh, uh, so that's where I first saw Taron Egerton. Okay, was, was Kingsman, and there's going to be a whole like franchise. They're doing a prequel. They're doing a third movie. Wow. They're doing a spin-off movie with the Statesman, which is the American version, which Jeff Bridges is the head of. Oh my God. They own a liquor, um, <laughs> they own a whiskey distillery. They're in the liquor business as opposed to the tailor business. Was he in the second Kingsman? Yeah. Is that how they're bridging it? Yeah. He was the head of the Statesman and his, yeah, okay. his agents in the field were Pedro Pascal and Channing Tatum. <laughs> And the techie was Holly Berry. Okay. It's ter- there. It's terrific. That sounds good. I don't know. The second movie was really for a sequel, surprisingly good. And you know, who's in that movie. And that's how he met Taron Erkin. Fucking Elton John is in that movie, right? He plays himself. Oh, he's okay. not in it for very long, hmm. but for what he's in it for maximizes minutes. I had no idea he was in that movie. Excellent. This is, a little off topic, but it just popped in my mind. Have you been playing Super Smash Brothers at all? I had to take a break a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Every year, there's a, a big video game convention yes. called E3, Electronic Entertainment Expo, I believe. Yes, I believe you're correct. Um, but it's, it's basically a video game con. Yeah, it's Comic-Con um, for video games. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's basically. And Nintendo had a... Uh, they kind of stole the show for their little press... Briefing. Well, the sequel to Breath of the Wild to do that to you. Well, yeah, they started. Which is still out, sitting over there. You got to get on that. I really do. They started out making a DLC for that game, more another Zelda? DLC. Yeah, and then it turned into a whole sequel. God bless them. Because they just come and kept coming up with shit. I mean, they had the two. I think in the last year they had two of the most successful video games of all time, which was Breath of the Wild and then Mario Odyssey. Yeah, and then and I have to say without and then Super Smash Brothers and without hesitation. <laughs> Mario Odyssey is the best Mario game. Ooh. I, I think it's, I really think, and it might be the best video game I've ever played. You know what? On a pure joy level, I don't know of a video game that I've played that was more enjoyable than that. I enjoyed Odyssey. Was it my favorite? I don't know. It's up there for me. Maybe. It really is. I think that game has a lot of good things going for it. I love you know, the outfits and the, the spaceship. I love the, the cap. Yeah. Cappy needs his own game. Uh, I, I don't love, know how you would do that. I love taking over like the T-Rex and all this other stuff. Cappy I think that's needs great. to be in the next version of Smash Brothers as a thing. I just felt like that game, each each level was kind of similar. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot. There's a lot of different worlds and they're all a little bit different, but you're kind of doing the same thing in each the one. The cooking world was just my, the one when you're in the soup. Oh, that was colorful. Oh my God. That was great. Yeah. That's remarkable. And the one on the beach, which drove me nuts because I, it took me forever to get off that beach. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's more to that game than I've And really when you go explored. in the pipe and it turns into the 2D old Mario game and shit. That's I mean, fun. What I like is it has all the new, it, it, opens up the switch for you for all the bells and whistles of turning and blah, 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 blah. But it gives you that nostalgia. It gives you that little pop of nostalgia. The outfits, like I wasn't really into the buying the outfits, but then all of a sudden I was like, shit, I really need to buy these outfits. You know how they get you? For certain levels, you have to buy the outfit. Yes, yes. It's fucking frustrating. And then they hook you and then you find yourself collecting coins so you can buy all the outfits. The ones that you don't even need. Frustrating. (laughs) Someone I know has uh, a kid, and he says that game is 
the best game to play with a small child. Oh, I believe it. Because it's it's it has a co-op capability where one of you is the cap, right? And the other one is Mario. And he said if you have like a 6-year-old kid, there's no way for them to really interfere with your game while they're playing as the hat. No. Because like Cappy they, is innocuous. They really can't screw you up, but they feel like they're helping. So yes. He's, he says it's the perfect game. I, I loved it. I, I thought it was it was phenomenal. And it was the reason I bought a Switch. And I, I remember I got it. I got the Switch like a year or two ago after Christmas. And uh, I got Mario and I said, well, if this if this works, great. If not, I'm sure I can sell this thing and make my money back. Yeah. And after I played Mario literally for five minutes, I was like, well, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> I would have bought... I, I, the Switch was a gift for me. I would have bought it anyway just to play Zelda because that's my... That's kind of my number I one franchise. Never, I mean, I'm 40. I never had an intention to buy a video game yeah. system ever again because I don't have kids. Sure. And then that fucking commercial where everybody's on the roof and they're playing in party mode and everything. I was yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck, I think I just bought a Switch. Like, they didn't... God damn. I, I really enjoyed Mario. I wasn't... It wasn't a must buy for me, but I knew I was oh, going to get it. For me. And then I, I put a lot of hours into it. Not as nearly as many as I put into Zelda, but no, still considerable. And um, I love Smash. And I have to say, Smash Brothers is thoroughly entertaining. I have not played story mode. And it occurred to me the other day, I don't want to and don't care. Well, hold on. There's um, going back to your point about not wanting to buy a system ever again. Yeah, I was. I was in the same it. way and I am 29. So like. I felt the same way. I'm not going to buy another video game system. However, uh, the Switch really brought video games back to it me. It really did. And I used they were a huge part of my childhood, and uh, I went dormant, and and now it, I'm back, baby. I'm playing Tech um, Mobile, Sean. Tech Mobile. I'm going to segue back to Smash Brothers and Nintendo 64 had yeah. Mario Super Mario 64, and that yes. kind of changed. Mario games going forward, mm. but it also created a bunch of clones because the game was super successful, right? So yeah. when you have a super successful game, everybody wants a piece. Yes, they do. One of those clones was Banjo Kazooie. Oh yeah, um, which I really enjoyed. I, it, it's Are kind you of lining up for the new game. Is this? It's it? kind of hit or miss uh, for a lot of people, but you're a bear, and <laughs> named Banjo. And you have a backpack with a bird in it named Kazooie. As one does. Banjo and Kazooie. And, you know, you go around, you collect, there's like a coin collection component, yep. you blah, 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 blah. So it's basically Mario 64. That was developed by a game studio called Rare. Uh, Rare is a subsidiary of Microsoft. Uh-huh. So for years, when, when Nintendo came out with this Nintendo... Uh, 64 they had super smash brothers yes and then every system gamecube had super smash brothers melee yep. etc cetera, etc cetera. never uh has banjo kazooie been in the super smash brothers game always has there been demand for it yeah and just this year at e3 they've announced that banjo kazooie is going to be in super smash brothers ultimate as a downloadable character indeed because of this this really out of nowhere partnership with Microsoft and Nintendo. Yes. So I'm super excited for that. Who's your Who's your character, though? Your I think you know the answer to that. I think I do, but I want you to say it. So I <laughs> I play with a, a variety of characters. I don't have one that I particularly like. I'll I'll go through the ones I like. Um, Samus from Metroid. 
Because I'm waiting for Metroid. That's another Metroid reason. Metroid 4 is a game that I'm really looking That's another to. reason I have this. Yeah. I'm holding out for Metroid. I like the guy from Metal Gear. <laughs> Snake? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> he really sucks, but I, I like that guy. Uh, uh, I also like the villain from Metroid, who looks like Alien. That, that oh, character's uh, fucking... Ridley. Oh, that character's badass. Like the dinosaur thing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, who else? Who am I missing? Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon from another fantastic from game. F-Zero, which I, <laughs> I had F-Zero for yeah. Super Nintendo. I did not realize there was a character. It was a racing game. You There's just a race story it. there. Yeah, turns knew? out. <laughs> Captain yeah. Falcon's the most entertaining video game character of my lifetime. He was in the original game. Was he that entertaining in the original game? His oh yeah oh my god this is oh, the most yeah. entertaining thing he ever. really hasn't changed much um, show me a move you know and all for two the moves. ascot the yeah first of all the outfit show me your moves first of all the outfit the ascot the helmet yep he's packing a gun which he never uses <laughs> yeah. which is bizarre I don't know but it's two moves yeah you got falcon f- kick falcon kick and the falcon which punch. is which is oddly effective falcon kick it oddly is very easy to use falcon kick the complicated maneuver is falcon punch and it's only complicated because it takes him forever to throw it falcon punch the duration of that move may have increased over time but oh my god it takes but when while. he punches you he punches you with a flaming falcon yeah, his fist his just... fist turns into a flaming falcon, and he punches you into oblivion. And it takes like a a good two or three seconds to to wind up. What I've now realized is I treat it like the RKO. You have to hit it out of nowhere. <laughs> you do. So I beat the living <laughs> shit out of people, and then at the last minute, like when they, all this is the move. I'm giving away my Smash Brothers move. When the yeah. person regenerates after I've killed them. Falcon punch. Falcon punch. Out of nowhere. It works every time. Falcon punch. And they die. Wow. <laughs> yep. Because if you try to hit it at the beginning, you're just, you're bound to get punched. So you get Falcon, boom, and then you go flying. Yeah. But if you hit it after they're stunned or after they regenerate, it works. Mm. It's the, it's, it's his voice. The Falcon punch. <laughs> yeah. Bam. Boom. Uh, I was joking with Sean. I don't want to spoil Endgame, but there's a mm. there's a point in Endgame where the Ancient One punches Bruce Banner, and she does that punch where like he flies out of his body. So I call it the Astral Punch. Well, they do that in uh, Doctor Strange too. And they do it in Doctor Strange, but it happens in Endgame. And I'm sitting in Endgame, and I, in my head, I'm like Astral Punch. <laughs> and I was, and you know. And my, I told my wife, and she was like, "Oh, great, cool." Because I think all she hears at night is "fucking punch, fucking." Punch. And one night she was like, "Why are you throwing that move so many times?" I'm like, "Cause it's effective. That's why." It's his, it's probably his strongest move. I think she regrets. So she she bought that for me for Christmas. Oh dear. Because it was all I talked about for three months. <laughs> so I'm forty, going on twelve. So it was all I talked about for three months was Smash Brothers because I knew you were getting it. And shout out oh, yeah. to our shout out to our comrade Katie and McNeil, who also has a Switch, who was gonna get it. And uh, I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be the not cool kid whose friends got something at Christmas and they didn't. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I talked about it incessantly. So Christmas night, she hands me a gift and she's like, "Oh, I forgot to give this to you." And it's Smash Brothers. And that was the first Smash Brothers game you played, right? It's the first Smash yeah. Brothers game I ever played. And what got me in this game was uh, the ability to play as Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mega Man. Mega Man. Pac Man. 
Sonic. Oh yeah, the roster's huge. There's also in this a lot game. of characters I just don't know or care about. I assume many of them are from Final Fantasy. There's a um, lot of anime sword boys. Yeah, I could care less. Yeah. It's a dude with a giant sword. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Faceless dude with a giant sword. <laughs> but, you know, the ability to beat up ju- dude with a giant sword as the motherfucker who looks like alien. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or uh, or or the the shadow character like Dark Samus. Dark Samus. Or yeah. Samus with no suit. Yeah, zero suit Samus, yeah. Um, I will say there is nothing more demoralizing in my life than losing to the fit trainer the first time. Yeah. That was utterly demoralizing. The Wii Fit trainers. Uh, it was the worst. It's off-putting. It was the worst ass-kicking I have ever gotten in a video game by a computer. It's unassuming. And I played Madden. <laughs> like, <laughs> I played Madden, and I've lost heartbreaking games to the computer. I've had some oh. hard video game times about Halo... Losing to the Wii Fit trainer That's chick bad. is the worst feeling in the world. Well, everything she does is so graceful and it makes it look effortless, but then yes. it just devastates you. And now that I figured her out, I falcon punched the living shit out of her. <laughs> the other one that really gets me is the uh, characters from uh, Animal Crossing. Those I hate oh, losing to yes, those little fuck. fuckers. And your guy with the baseball smiles. bat. My guy is Ness, who's from um, uh, a Japanese RPG called Mother. If I uh, I hear that in my nightmares. There's nothing more demoralizing than being lit on fire by an eight-year-old child gleefully. My favorite thing to do with him is to... Because when you you hit him with the PK fire, they're stuck in this little fire blast thing. Yeah, they're burning. (laughs) But then I can run up to you and I can grab you in the fire and then I can just do whatever the fuck I want to you. Okay. So sometimes I'll I'll just grab someone and I'll, I'll throw them or I'll just wait for the fire to burn out and then I'll hit him with the baseball bat, which yeah. is, which is kind of like his, his, uh, Falcon punch. Yes. Is the baseball. The bat, bat takes a while, but when it hits you, it hits if you, you hit it full charge, mm, uh, devastating. Other demoralizing defeats. It took me twice to beat Sonic. Oh uh, yeah. You know what though? My strategy was sound. I tried to make him not run. Let me, let me tell you that doesn't work. It's that seems tricky, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's a legit strategy. You don't want Sonic to run cause he's fast. Yeah, but it doesn't work. There's no, there's no such thing. But what it, what it was a lot of is uh, the Metroid character throwing a, throwing the whip, bringing him in and punching him close. <laughs> that worked quite well. But it took a couple of shots. Also, losing to Mega Man was really unfortunate because when you play I as Mega, Mega Man, Man, he sucks. No, no, no. Mega Man's my second. Mega Man sucks. I have first is Ness, and then for me, it's Mega Man. I, nah, mean, I don't love Mega Man. It takes some practice, but Mega Man has such a variety or, of moves. Or another shout out to Kanye McNeil to get trampled by Yoshi. Oh, fuck Yoshi. Oh, the million Yoshis. I fucking that's hate depressing. Yoshi. Depressing. You know, the other character I love in that is a Mighty Mac from Punch-Out. Oh, Underrated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one is uh, Simon Belmont from so, Castlevania. He's my heavy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, first of all, dude's got a chain, a whip chain. Yeah. He throws a flint, he throws fire and a cross. He fucking a throws boomerang. an iron cross at <laughs> he you. He fucking throws an iron cross as a boomerang. <laughs> it is the greatest thing ever. And I think his bad guy, Dracula, is in the game too somewhere. You have to play I, the campaign. I have not opened up Dracula yet. No, yeah. there's a fight. There's a fighting sequence that can get you to Dracula. Yeah, yeah. No, you can you can fight Dracula. You can't play as Dracula. Uh, it's one of the boss battles in the in the game is to fight Dracula. Also, fuck Kirby. Fuck that guy. Kirby's annoying. Kirby's fuck always been guy. annoying, though. I'm also not a big fan of Pikachu. 
Oh, Pikachu is frustrating as shit. <laughs> oh, and when he when he gets the thing that gives you the secondary characters, it's always a giant yeah. Pokemon that breathes fire. It's a dragon every goddamn time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Game of Thrones. The dragon just comes out and you're fucked. Yep. I love when you play as Ken and you throw one of those and Guile is your little guy. Oh. Fucking phenomenal. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's... um. If you play the campaign... um. There's a section of the campaign where you go to an airport. Yes. And then you fly. And it's it's like you're playing Street Fighter. Yes. It's so good. You fly from country to country. Yes. And each one is like a stamina battle. So give it's it kind of, you have to like whittle down their health. Oh, uh, give it to me. It's so fun. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Because I, once I, in the fight mode, once I got Ryu and I was using, I was like, welcome home, friend. <laughs> welcome home. Because I love Street Fighter. I actually liked Street Fighter more than Mortal Kombat. Ooh, I just I always think Mortal Kombat is just I hate to say gratuitous. I mean, it is gratuitous violence. Eh. The story never really worked for me. This is the first video game to earn an M rating. Yes, but I Street Fighter I got immediately because it's like a 1980s action movie. Yes, it is. It's, it's a, and that's why, you know, in, in my <laughs> younger years, when they said they were making a Street Fighter movie and they signed Jean-Claude Van Damme, it made sense to me. <laughs> I will say this. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is a better movie than Street Fighter. Which but is when not we, saying much. When we say better movie, we're going to say it in quotes. Yeah. it's a it, The bar is pretty low. The soundtrack for Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And fucking Chris Lambert from Highlander. <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, Street Fighter could have been a great movie, but they fucked it up. I've been meaning to pick up either the new Mortal Kombat video game or the, the Street Fighter game that came out with the Switch. I want Street Fighter. I always like, I just... Street Fighter Ultimate or whatever. Street Fighter kind of speaks to the 10 year you know, it's it's part kickboxer. It's also part like G.I. Joe. Yeah, it is. Because I love the G.I. Joe cartoon as a kid. Would you watch a Captain Falcon animated series? Yes. We've talked about making one. It's kind of like the tick, you know? Yes. I kind of envision it as the tick, but I can't decide if it's the tick in space. So like everything takes place in outer space and it's guardians of the galaxy mm -hmm. type, or we bring them to earth, but we bring them to earth in like 1985. I kind of think we're like Miami vice and Magnum PI and the a team are kind of like the hot shit shows. So <laughs> he's like, he's basically a 1980 action film star. I like to think of it as he is a 1980s action film star, but, <laughs> but it is set time. in the future and in a, at a distant planet because there's I'm a lot of saying no to that. I want to keep the F-Zero universe sort of intact with all the different alien fucking creatures I'm running sorry, around. I'm sorry, you said F-Zero universe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like all the all the different characters, like there's a lot of aliens and shit. And okay. I want to keep the flying cars. Oh, yeah. So I want I want that element, but I want him to feel like he's dated. You know, the, and, and sort of stuck on himself. So here's the inspirations. Here's like the movie palette I'm working with. Okay. 1980s action hero, Guardians of the Galaxy type, but also with like, like the, but tick, the elements of the tick where he is like oblivious to how stupid he is. Yes. And his ego is massive. All about it. Like he's never out of costume. But with a soundtrack <laughs> like the Transformers animated movie. Like yeah. 80s metal. Yeah. Like hard rock metal. Like, yeah. But like kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy-ish but like Van Halen, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses. Like that works though. Have you loud ever, 
loud rock music. Have you ever played uh, played F Zero or? It's been a long time since yeah, I played it, F-Zero. that. Totally fits with the soundtrack of that game. It's all like dun dun Yep. Dun. But do you remember, have you seen the 80s Transformers animated movie where everybody dies? <laughs> yes. That soundtrack is just like balls to the wall because it's all 80 obscure 80s metal. It's just metal. <laughs> it's fucking metal. I think it would be great. I agree. I, I, he needs like an assistant, like Captain Falcon's little, like his sidekick that's always like... <sighs> yeah, like a personal assistant. Like has to put up with his shit. Like legit a personal assistant. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I'm kind of thinking of like, Zap Brannigan from Futurama is kind of like the model. Mm. But like if Zap Brannigan could be Phil Hartman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that kind of characters of just over the top, big jaw, 1980s action hero. Like yep. Sylvester Stallone, like at the peak of Stallone. Yeah. What's uh like what? the jacked up 19, like jacked up Rocky four Stallone. That's right. And then what's that? Zap Brannigan has an assistant too, Kip. Yes. <laughs> and then he, Captain Falcon has a Kip. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> what like, we're looking for here. He's like, uh, so you can't Falcon punch him. He's so. ca- and maybe he has like a Q type mm. dude, like the gadget person. Okay. Who like has to explain like James Bond esque and almost word for word. Like, <laughs> all right, Cap, bring these back in working order. And of course he never does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, chum. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And a Do sweet... You know who I am. A sweet ride with a sweet name. Oh, yeah. What is he... I'm sure that... Oh, it's the Blue Falcon. So now we're trending into, like, Big Trouble Little China, where all Kurt Russell talked about was his truck. Yeah. Like, oh, it's all Captain Falcon talks about is the car. Yeah. it's He calls it it's the Blue Falcon. Yeah. yeah. And, and this, I, I think, is for a little bit more adult... So, like, he's almost in love with the car. Like, he yeah. talks about it like it's a person... Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. an extension of himself and that he's in love with it. <laughs> and he's oblivious to everybody but the car. Like the car is all that matters. I'm going to take it for wax and shine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and the Falcon punch. Oh yeah. That's the other piece of this too. Is like not only, yeah, he's a bumbling idiot, but like, he's also like, he is but sort of like a in, crime fighter, but it works in iron fist from the Netflix show of like, the Falcon punch is the most awesome move, but instead of in the instead of in the game where everybody's trying to throw it, I like the idea that he doesn't throw it in the TV series. And the assistant is like, "Hey, why don't you just throw the Falcon <laughs> punch?" And he's just like, "What are you talking about? I don't need it. I'm the best fighter on the planet." <laughs> yeah. And he's actually not. But when he whips out the Falcon punch, that just is it. Like it, I'm jacking the Falcon punch to eleven. Like it knocks oh, yeah. down buildings. <laughs> oh jeez. Like it splits metal in half. Like I'm jacking up the Falcon Punch to twenty. Falcon Punch. And then it has to have it all. Uh, it has Netflix, to have. Are you listening? This yeah, is a hit. Netflix. This is a this is a freebie. But it has to have like a racing component, like a speed racer. Yeah. Like the villain has to be like, like a, a racer, bad racer, like racer, like racer, X. racer X. Yeah. I think we had talked the idea once that the bad guy racer would be obsessed with the racing and beating Captain Falcon, and Captain Falcon <laughs> yeah. just thinks he's his best friend. Yeah, exactly. It's like an odd, um, like an odd Talladega Nights. <laughs> yes. The Not, antagonist is fully in, invested in trying to win the race. But Captain Falcon's just like, what do you mean, Jim? You're the, you're great. What are you talking about? Like, it's, it's from the idea of, so it's, it's from a wrestling idea, right? Like the story from the eighties is that Jesse Ventura and Hulk Hogan hated each other. Uh huh. Because if you look at the gimmicks, they're oddly similar. And they both ripped off the same guy, which is uh, superstar Billy Graham. 
But I was watching an interview with Mean Gene Orkeland before he died, where he talked about Hulk and Jesse, and he said, here's the dividing line. Jesse thinks about Hulk way more than Hulk thinks about Jesse Ventura. (laughs) And that's where I thought... That's the villain in Racer. That's the villain in Captain Falcon. Yep. He thinks about Captain Falcon way more than Captain Falcon thinks about him. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> he's he, like obsessive. Yes. Like he has, it's like he's got a layer where Captain Falcon's like on his wall with darts thrown at him. Yeah, but Captain Falcon is just too invested in himself. Hey, Tim, what's to up? To even know what's going on around him. Yeah. I love it. You know who should voice Captain Falcon? Coming to Netflix this summer, F-Zero. All right, you know who the voice of Captain Falcon is? Who? Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> oh my God. I just thought of this right now. I'm okay with that. Rob fucking Gronkowski. Okay. No, I could I could see that. Who would you have as his, uh, his, his assistant? Oh, you don't want me to answer that? I kind of do. Julian Edelman. No, I knew you were going to say that. Uh, Do you know who the tech guy should be? Are you ready? <laughs> now that we're really, now that we've gone down the rabbit hole, sure. Bill Belichick, get out of here. Yep, we're going for the underplay. We're we're just casting this thing with Patriots. Yep, I don't care. That's all we're doing. Ask me the bad guy. You won't get. You will. You will not believe it. <sighs> Who's the bad guy? Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I love the juxtaposition. I can't help it. But in all seriousness, forget uh, about the other stuff. I'm dead serious. Gronkowski is high on the list as Captain Falcon. He's perfect honestly, for Captain though, Falcon. I could see that. I could totally see that. Honestly, the the assistant idea, you would be looking for Mickey Dolenz. Because mm-hmm. he was great as Arthur on the tick. So that type of like the suffering. You know who would be interesting for that? Jason Alexander. Oh, yeah. Okay. People know who Jason Alexander is, right? Yeah. Okay. There needs to be a female character in here. More than his. Um, I don't his want a love. I don't flings. want a love interest. Actually. You don't want him to just be like. Nope. Okay. Nope. Is is it 2019? Yeah. Too advanced for you know the what? Womanizing she character? should be on his. It should be like a racing team. She should be like his cow from Talladega Nights. Okay. She should be his kind of equal. Hmm. But not the villain. She's his. She's his friend. They, you know, go have adventures together. But no, no, no. I want... No, no, no. It's 2019. No, no. <laughs> You're ready for the bad guy racer, and I, I mean this in all sincerity. Okay. Top of my list today, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yes. Second would be Bill Hader. I could get behind Bill Hader. Yes. You could also talk me into a part for... Uh, I love the guy... Uh, who's in the Batista movie, Kamal Najan, the guy from uh, Silicon Valley. Okay. I love that guy. I'd like to find a part for him. Maybe <laughs> he's the alien sidekick or whatever. Okay. Even though he's doing it in Men in Black. I Is mean, he? Yeah. You know who else would be great for it, but I don't think for Captain Falcon, and I would seriously consider him, would be Hemsworth. Hemsworth? Yeah. I, I, want, the, I want a real square jaw lantern voice guy. Interesting. You know who would be really great if we had the money and the wherewithal? What's that? For for Captain Falcon, and I'm not joking, Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson? Yes. Show me a moves. Maybe. But with, a, you know, none of the affectations. There's no eyebrow. Yeah. None of that. Just Dwayne's voice. Well, Captain Falcon's always wearing the helmet. Yeah, but I'm just with Dwayne's voice. Okay. I could also see maybe like a Will Arnett. 
I think Will Arnett for the we're in for the bad guy racer. Okay. Feral hater Will Arnett. Uh, Will Arnett. I'm totally fine with that. You know who'd be interesting as the tech guy is uh, Gary Cole. Gary. I just fucking love Gary Cole. <laughs> I just want an underplay. I just want, like, in this big environment, him just be like, yeah, here's your thing. <laughs> I just, I kind of want the under, the under. The fanimated series, Captain Falcon. A couple of other people I would throw in here if I could. David Koechner, Jeff Garland. I have a few ideas on the female character's voice. Oh? Yeah. The, the sister from the Goldbergs comes right off the top of my head. Hmm. She's. I don't know. I don't watch. That. I know she's really good. I because I mean, if we're gonna cast Gronkowski and all this big stuff, you need a, a female who can kind of punch her weight. If you watch the Goldbergs, the one nerdy brother is kind of the narrator. There's a middle Goldberg who's like lunatic, crazy, over the top, and she comes right in and cuts him out. It's perfect. Mm. You know who else would be interesting for if you wanted to go smaller on uh, Captain Falcon? Pat Oswalt. Interesting. I'm intrigued by the voice. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking of the tech person, and I have sure. two names popped into my mind, and they're completely different. So the first name that came into my mind was David Harbor. Oh, <laughs> I love him. You'd I love great. his. Uh, I love his sort of like. Hey, what if the tech low person? Low key, non caring. What be if bothered. the tech person was the woman? Sure, why not? Um, the other name that came into my mind was Conan O'Brien. Oh, man. You know, uh, can I throw Conan in, an, in another place? Sure. Captain Falcon. Really? Yeah, because I have to be honest. My inspiration, the idea for Captain Falcon animated to me is Conan. Is like a jacked up Conan? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, I could, uh, Conan O'Brien, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways the, the voice could go, but Conan would be interesting. You know who else would be interesting if you were taking another direction? Danny McBride. <laughs> Just again, if you wanted to go in a different direction, yeah, McBride would be real interesting. Who? Oh, there was another person that was, um, a villain. Mm. And I'm I might be typecasting a little bit here. Aubrey Plaza. Do you know who she is? Uh, she yeah. Um, She's yeah. she plays Lenny on Lenny Legion. in yep. Legion and she's phenomenal. I like Aubrey Plaza. And I think she's in the upcoming uh Child's Play movie. She is. Uh she's phenomenal. Oh, you know who I really need a part for in this just cuz I love him is Nick Offerman. You know, this is getting this is getting expensive, but you, I don't care. It got expensive with Dwayne. Money. So <laughs> Dwayne's not doing but, our show. But I don't Netflix has the money so they can or they can borrow it. Dwayne's not doing our show. <laughs> He did Moana. Why wouldn't he do Captain Falcon? I don't know. Who's to say? Do we also want to do it like a sitcom and give him like a wacky neighbor? Sure. Like what kind of wacky? Like like straight-laced Ned Flanders wacky? No. You know exactly what I think of when I think of wacky neighbor. <laughs> I don't want his voice. I'm just as an off the top of my head. Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is a part of me that I don't want this to be super serious. Well, Captain, yeah, it's not going to be serious. I, I, I want it to be funny. Captain Fe Captain Falcon himself is kind of the joke of the thing. Yeah, I kind of want him to be a joke here too. Like, he thinks he's the greatest thing ever. He thinks he's Batman. 
He's yes. really the greatest he American he's Batman. But he's really the greatest American hero. He's just flying into walls and he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically the tick in space. This is what really kind of. Yeah, kind of. The tick in space with a little Guardians of the Galaxy and a little bit of wacky 80s sitcom. Exactly. With a neighbor who has no idea what Captain Falcon does. Yes, but again, Captain Falcon's always in the outfit. Yeah, he's just in the So outfit. like the neighbor comes over, he's like, hey, I brought, baked you some brownies. Yep. And then he's like, he is, he's just oblivious to the fact that Captain Falcon's in full is his costume. Is it too on the nose, like the Seinfeld episode where he has the friend who's the conductor and, he, and the conductor <laughs> friend makes him call him maestro? Like, what if the neighbor knows Captain Falcon's real name, but Captain Falcon insists on him calling him Captain? <laughs> Where he's like, hey, Bill, I made these cookies. Uh, Jim, I think you know it's Captain. Yeah, you need, what we're talking about is like a Rick Moranis from Ghostbusters who yeah. comes over. He's like, who does your taxes? Like, <laughs> But he calls him by his real name and Captain is yes. like, no, no, I'm no, no, no. You call me Captain. Like, hey, we're having a barbecue later. You want to come over and have some some burgers? I'm going to fire up the grill. Actually, I think the funny thing would be is if the neighbors were like down to earth, normal people. Yeah. OK, so. All right. Like, they, you know, they're just living their lives. They're living the normal suburban nine to five experience. And Captain Falcon lives next door. And you just see that like it just cuts to them looking out their window and just watching the crazy shit that's happening yeah. outside. And they're just like, yep. <sighs> yep. And this is where, uh, so the next door neighbors, Offerman and Amy Poehler. Okay. I like the idea that they're constantly renovating their home because Captain Falcon keeps driving up to his house yep. and keeps crashing into theirs. They're yep. like going across their lawn yep. or like some shit, like some, somebody he's fighting, like falls from the sky and yep. like lands on their house instead of yep. his. <laughs> they're constantly in repair. Yep. That's it. Captain Falcon's real name is Barry. <laughs> right does captain falcon i'm gonna look this he up does i don't captain think he does falcon actually have a name i don't think he does but it's un but it's unclear to the neighbors exactly what he's captain of and right. they and they readily bring it up amongst themselves like barry keeps saying captain i don't know what he's a captain of <laughs> or it could be like the neighbor thing could be like a documentary so they're looking right at the camera like i don't know what a barry's captain there's like of. confessionals yeah yep. yes um <laughs> i love it this thing has really got off the rails i love it absolutely love it Oh, I have another idea. Oh for my the... God. So have you, I'm, I'm on the Captain Falcon Wikipedia page. Tell me he has a name. Yes. So I forgot that he has a job and that he, his occupation is bounty hunter. Like he's legit a bounty hunter. Oh my God. It's so perfect This is the for best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> and he, throughout the series, he goes by an alias named as Bart Lemming. Oh my God. <laughs> We don't even need to write this. It writes itself. That's that's it. That's fucking it. Only his neighbor knows him as Bart Lemming. He himself considers himself Captain Falcon 100% of the time oh, what if, as oh, a bounty hunter. What if... Okay. So what if it's this? So the neighbors call him Bart. Mm -hmm. But in his quiet... Like, so they have the interaction, then he closes the door and he's like, my name is Captain. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you ever see the movie The Wrestler? Oh, no. I wanted okay. to, though. So there's a part in the movie where um, Mickey Rourke takes a real job, and he goes by his real name, and he starts to have a crisis when people start figuring out it's his that he's the wrestler guy. Okay. And he has a moment where he's like, call me Randy, because that's his wrestling name, mm. but his real name is like Rick or whatever. Yeah. So that's where he's like, call me Captain. Like, he can't keep up Bart Lemming. For he can only keep it up for but so long. <laughs> Bart Lemming. Just call me Captain. 
Okay. Bounty hunter? This is great. Bounty hunter. Yep. So he's a bounty hunter. Is he any good? He's or a can professional we make him racer. the shittiest bounty hunter on the planet? I like to think of him. He's not great. Nope. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> yeah. He's somewhere between like, like a dog, the bounty hunter, where he's just like over the top. Um, mm. And like, if you've ever watched Cowboy Bebop, uh, the it's an anime series. Heard of it. They're like space cowboys. They're bounty hunters. Um, and Spike is the main character. He's not always the best yeah. bounty hunter. Here's what we need now then. We need some sort of like police force with a captain or a lieutenant that is like, if you've ever watched Magnum P.I., he's like the guy who talks to the guy. Yeah, okay. He's like the detective who's like, fine, okay, yeah. Captain Falcon. But they don't exactly love each other. What if it's in the same universe as uh, Star Fox? Sure. And you have, because Star Fox has that lieutenant, he's like a dog. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> he's like, he's like this, this straight laced yes. dog character. You know why? Because we're spinning it off and we're going to do Star Fox. And then we're doing a Star Fox series. And then we have the Star Fox Captain Falcon crossover. And then Fox McCloud can come in and uh, that's, and then he can save Captain Falcon's ass here and there. I also like the idea that ca- that um, where Captain Falcon is going to be incompetent, Star Fox is actually like good at his job. He is the Captain America. Yeah. 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 Fox McCloud. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He's um, got his shit together. Yeah. He, he's the leader of a whole squadron. Yep. He gets the job done where Captain Falcon comes up short. Does he have a bird partner? Falco. Oh, and there has to be some play between those two characters. You're welcome. Some back and forth, Captain Falcon and Falco. Yep. Hello, Falco. Hello, fake Falcon. It writes itself. <laughs> it's uh, that's Lieutenant, though, right? Yeah. I'm, but again, he's named him. He's given himself the well, rank I'm of a, captain. I'm, I'm the captain, so yeah, that's not real. Yeah, yeah. I did write. What, what are you, a sergeant? Dude, we've hit it. I love it. First, look at what we've done. First of all, mm-hmm. we've made two animated series, just like that. We've created a crossover universe yes, with multiple spin-off characters. <laughs> yep. And we've incorporated just about every genre imaginable. Yep. 80s action movie. Yep. Science fiction. Yep. Uh, cop detective drama. Yes. Uh, wacky sitcom neighbors. Yes. Like, we've hit it. <laughs> we've got the crime. We've got the racing. It crosses over <laughs> all boundaries. <laughs> and this will end up either on Netflix or Amazon Prime. <laughs> Or, or in the recesses of our imagination. This I like you so asked the question, can we set... Of course we can set it in the Star Fox universe. <laughs> yes. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, we can about? do whatever the fuck we want. I'm talking about creating a warp where you go into Mario World at some point and you meet Mario. What are you talking about? So this is the Smash Brothers universe that we're creating now? It's the Nintendoverse. Do you think... We're going to Castlevania at some point. If there's any one IP owner out there who can rival what Marvel is doing with the Marvel universe Nobody can, in crossovers? Do Nintendo you think it's Nintendo? They could. I'm very curious what Nintendo land at Universal looks like. Oh my God. Like, one thing I know to be sure, there better be a Mario Kart ride or I'm not going. Oh, come on. That right... Of course there's going to be... There's going to be go-karts and you're gonna, they're going to be Mario-themed. And That's if I no-brainer. walk into that world and I don't hear the warp noise... We've done it wrong. And when Cash I register when I pay for shit, if I don't hear the coin noise, we've done it wrong. We're going to donkey like we'll bring them all in. Mario, 
Donkey Kong, Zelda, F-Zero, Star Fox. What else am I missing here? Castlevania? Castlevania. Shit, we'll bring Metroid in. I mean, it might. we might have to change tone because Metroid's fucking dark. Oh, what if... Um, Cause, cause Samus is also a bounty hunter. What if they're like, what if that's the rival? What if they're rival bounty hunters? Um, yeah, but you're going to, I'm, I'm not bringing Samus in, in the, in the first season. <laughs> okay. No, he's going to, sure. no, she's in the background. You, we talk about her. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see her for the first season. Okay. No, we need to, I think what would need to happen if we're really doing it this way, you need to make Captain Falcon work Falcon Cat! on its own for a series or two, a season or two. Yes. And then you can, once you're feeling your oats and you figured out the show, That's right. then you bring in Star Fox. If that works, you bring in- You can start bringing in more. The Metroid. If that yep. works, there's ways to get, there's ways to get to Mario, to Castlevania, and to sure. Zelda. I think it's easier to bring in Star Fox and Metroid because those are both space, space franchises. I mean, that yes. just makes sense. Yeah. So I'm thinking but like... A, but a multiverse. Yeah. This is my thought of Nintendo. It's a multiverse. Yes. So there's an Earth where Mario... There's a universe where it's the Mario universe. Yep. The other universe is Zelda. The other universe is Castlevania. Yep. The other universe is blah, blah, blah. But in this universe, we're talking about Universe Prime, Star Fox, Captain Falcon, and... Uh, Metroid, it's the same thing. I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna t- back Metroid out. I'm gonna keep Captain Falcon and Star Fox in the same universe. I'm gonna bring Metroid in as a cross-dimensional time traveler. Like, oh, I like it. Yeah, I can see. So that. Metroid comes into the universe from an outside universe. The bad guy comes in first. I think. Okay, yeah. So I think the bad guy still has to be the racer in the first season. No, but I mean the the Metroid bad guy has to cross over first, and then uh, Samus follows. Yep. Yes. Yes. So Samus Baby is face choices the Samus is uh, chasing a bounty. Yep. The bounty winds up in Captain Falcon's universe. Captain Falcon takes the job and keep, it up. keeps getting bested, and then Samus comes in after. And yeah. I love it. And the whole episode, the other people are like, wow, that's what a real bounty hunter looks like. And he's like, I'm right here. Yeah, this is this is like a this is like a season right here that we're talking about. Yeah. I we mean, could stretch I, this out into a season. If this the season ender, I think, is for me, the season ender is you tease the Metroid bad guy. And then season two opens with Metroid bad guy. Yeah. And then Samus comes in. I'm I'm in season two, Samus is in the world. I think Samus comes in halfway through the season. Yeah. And then at the end of the season, she opens up Captain Falcon to the broader multi-dimensional Is she Nick universe. Fury now? Kinda, yeah. I mean, someone has to bridge that gap. Your world's about to get a whole lot bigger. Yeah, she says she says there are multiple universes and then there's a, a screen or a something where you see... You need an emperor. Nah, we'll get there. But <laughs> okay. What you, I'm talking about how, how she shows the wider worlds. Mm-hmm. What you see is, he says, like, show me an example or something. And so what you see is just the cap. For the Mario world, you just see the caps. Okay. I don't want to show Mario. Not yet. So I'm trying to think of what I could do in Mario world to show you Mario, but not the cap or Yoshi. Mm. I think the cap works. And you hear the voice. If for no other reason, then I want to hear the stupid voice. Ha-ha! <laughs> let go! Zelda, you just see the forest and you hear clanging swords. Yeah, okay. 
I also like the idea that she shows Castlevania, but he's like, whoa, too scary. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the one thing where you see like the full on fight between Simon Belmont and Dracula, and he's like, "Oh no, we don't want to go there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we may never get into that world, but it's I love the idea of being able to see it and him. I have another crossover out. for you as a okay. universe, Street Fighter. Oh, okay. And it's the I'm now thinking like it's Archer. You know, he does the space, and so a whole season where he it's like kickboxer. It's like a, a roving tournament and he's just fighting people. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. So there's an end of a season. He loses his memory. Okay. He has like amnesia and he falls into another world. Yep. And it's Street Fighter. And he falls into Street Fighter. And he becomes like a combat fighter and they have to go in and get him. And what's disturbing to them is with the amnesia, he's actually competent, low ego. <laughs> like he's the complete the opposite. opposite. <laughs> competent low ego and just like really good at fighting <laughs> and he uses that falcon punch and the falcon punch oh. but he's oblivious to the falcon punch he's just like what's this Where? Falcon oh punch. or You're if he welcome. or if he forgets about the falcon punch through the amnesia and then as he's regaining his memory through some stretch of process he finally realizes he and he hits that falcon punch and then you have this whole like holy fuck moment because i have the vision of the sidekicks finding him like apocalypse now where he's like <laughs> in a hut in the street fighter world just like are you an assassin he's like bearded at this yeah. point <laughs> but like he's living off the land and he's like he's ready to go blade. and they explain to him and he's like what's the falcon punch oh man like and he's like, you mean i could have used this the whole time it's, again this is my wrestling background the whole season he never throws the falcon punch right yeah. Until the end when, and now I've made the Falcon punch. I've gotten the, fa I've, you've, you've built it up. Yeah. Because the Falcon punch in those first couple seasons is going to be overused. Right. So we need a season where we strip them away of, there's always that season of, we need to strip them away from everything and rebuild them from the ground up. Yeah. So he has amnesia. He falls into street fighter world. He gets really fucking efficient at being a fighter. <laughs> The sidekicks come and rescue him. He doesn't want to leave, has no concept of what he can do, and is oblivious to the Falcon <laughs> Punch. But yeah. then at the end, when he fires up the Falcon Punch, imagine a year it's gone by and we haven't used it. Yes. Also, this season is real fucking serious. The Street Fighter season. Like, oh, it's fucking dark. bone serious. It's dark, yes. It's kickbox, but all the Street Fighter characters. Ken, Ryu, Ken, Guile, right, yeah. and your big bad, Bison. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you have a big bet. Okay. For the, for the for that, that season, makes sense. you got a big bet. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't want an emp I don't want a Thanos here. I'm, okay. I don't want Thanos, Doctor Doom, Darth Vader. It's overdone. I don't want it. That's fair. No, I, need yeah, the I agree. I need the multiverse to appear through another way, and the other way is your girl, mm -hmm. who is more worldly and better at it than he is, has seen some shit. Yep. She's and that's you're in. She's uh, well versed in the ancient technology, and she can bridge the gap. Yeah, I, I like maybe, it. Maybe, maybe it's Terminator. She and the bad guy show up at the same time, and the mm. whole season is a race for them to like in Terminator. Mm. You know what I mean? John Connor and Schwarzenegger show up at the not in the same place, but they're showing up at the same time, and the whole movie is just them colliding. Yeah, I, I agree. I think one of the... I want to do something biggest, different every season. My biggest... Yes, absolutely. My biggest gripes with some of the Marvel movies is uh, that every Marvel... A lot of the Marvel villains seem to be bent on 
universal domination. And yeah. I'm kind of over that. I'm not over it. I just, I don't want to do that. It's not about, yeah. it works for, like, Thanos was great. It really was. Well, his was a little bit different. He wasn't bent on dominating anything. He was he was about really? resetting. Yeah. But I mean, like, that type of, like, the Red Skull, Doctor Doom, Darth Vader, I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm not but interested yeah, yeah, in yeah. that. I'm not interested in overarching big bad that mm-hmm. you have to constantly, you know, I'm not looking for Moriarty or the Joker here. That's not what I want to do. Sure. But every season, if there is some sort of big bad to combat, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with that. So in the Street Fighter season, it would be Bison. Bison. In the yep. Metroid season, it would be the fucked up alien from Smash Brothers, Ridley. Ridley comes over? Yep. But I think they come on, They come in at the same time. I like the idea. Uh, and I actually like the idea of, and I know this is pure parody and I don't care, but I like the <laughs> idea of the Falcon universe confronting Ridley. And in the last episode, at the end of the episode, Seamus pops in and she says, yeah. are you ready? Yeah. You re- no, no. Are you ready for the line? There's only one line that can be said in that moment. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> okay. I'm steering sure. really hard into the 80s action parody because I think it works. But if you're going to do a season where the bad guy and the good guy port in, you are doing Terminator whether you want to or not. So you might as well lean into it. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be really funny to have a woman because it's Schwarzenegger who says that line. Linda Hamilton doesn't. So now it's 2021 or whenever the woman says, come with me if you want to live. Okay. What's wrong yeah. with that? I like the idea of uh, really coming into the universe through like this breach, right? Yeah. It comes crashing in and then you see like, you see like an, like a, a flaming ball or something after it, but you don't really know what it is. And it ends up being Samus's spaceship that comes in after like sure. at the same time. And then you don't see Samus until halfway through when Captain Falcon can't conquer this. And the end the of the Ridley. episode is come with me if you want to live. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the odds. This has are, gotten way more developed than I ever thought. The it would. odds are stacked against them. She comes in like Thor at the end of infinity war, wipes everybody out. And yep. the end line is come with me if you want to live credits. And then we deal with next week. So, do so you, you're, and so again, and we open up all these worlds. Your bad guy in the Mario year is Coop is Bowser. Yep. Your bad guy in uh, Castlevania is Dracula, except we'll never go there. We'll never go there. Uh, Zelda is him with Zelda. The Ganon. And again, and I, I like the idea of Link being kind of like uh, a Robin Hood, like gung ho, like Captain Falcon, but with yep. reason. So, you know, like I, a Robin Hood type. Okay almost superhero-ish like on the ropes swinging in like i'm seeing the the batman spider-man like swoop in on the rope and be really good at his job nothing like falcon no ego talks about sacrifice so maybe like green arrow but he speaks in a normal tone if at all no link speaks Link never speaks in the game. This would be uh, he's gonna speak this would in be this. groundbreaking here. He's going to speak in this. This is going to piss people off. And I'm thinking Carrie Elways for Link. I want a British accent. I want Robin Hood. Yeah. All right. I don't know what the, I don't know what the series would be there. I don't know if there's a bad guy or not. Well, Netflix is doing a, a live action Zelda series. I'm, I'm not Zelda enough to know that there's a big bad at the end of that rainbow. There maybe is. Maybe we don't need one. I don't know. There is a big bad. In Maybe every, he's just doing shit. Every game is the same big bad. I also like the idea of Captain Falcon commentating on how weird the worlds are. Like, so all you do is just swing around and save this woman all the time? God, that sounds exhausting. And him being like buddies with Mario and being like, yeah, man, just chasing the woman, huh? 
<laughs> she just blows you off after you do all this. Yeah, yeah. And Mario being like, oh. Open salami. I just like the idea of Mario not speaking English. Okay. He's going to talk just like he does in the game. Ah, aha. <laughs> and Captain Falcon be like, I don't understand you. <laughs> I also like the idea that the, the sidekicks would understand him. Yes. But Captain Falcon's like, I have no fucking clue what you're talking I, about. I love that all of and this. Link, and Link being like, so Captain Falcon be like, so do you charge for the service? And Link like, no, I, this is what I do. I save people. And he's like, you save people and you don't charge money? What is wrong with you, man? I'm sworn to protect the princes of Hyrule. Yeah. He's and maybe more Iron Fist. Mm. Like maybe, He do, has a duty. Does Link have to give you the 20-minute speech at the beginning of every time you meet him? I'm the immortal Iron Fist. Come again? Sworn protector of Kunlun. What are you on, lithium? Uh, I'm Link, sworn protector <laughs> of blah, 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 blah. They're like, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> Maybe. We can steer into this. I mean, we can... I understand Link doesn't speak in the video game. Sure. I don't care. It's not the fucking video game. It's the TV show. Yeah, I'll do what I, I want. I know, I get it. Yeah. If I want Mario to speak Japanese, guess what? He's going to speak Japanese. We should we should continue to to explore this. We I need think. to write the shit down because I will not remember this tomorrow. Well, the good news is it's it's recorded for all of time. Thank God. I think we're all on. I time. really think we're on to something. I really think it could be, it could be a hit. This could go a couple years. I think so too. This we're we've moving to great, California. We've had great ideas this episode between the the Captain Falcon animated series, which and is the best idea we've ever. Had. The uh, actors doing spoken word rock Captain albums. Captain Falcon is better than the spoken words. This is great. Am I supposed to hype the spoken words and be like, this is great? I think it is. I think it is too, but Captain Falcon <laughs> is so much a better idea. Well, there's money in this. There's money in the oh, Captain Falcon thing. Dude. The t-shirts. I mean, the spoken word albums are not winning a Here's Grammy. the other thing. Nintendo, you're building, univer you're building Super Mario whatever. You're building Nintendo Land at uh, Universal. I've just given you Captain Falcon. You're welcome. Yeah. Captain We've Falcon now is now over. Captain Falcon is yep. a ride. Oh, yeah. It's an attraction. You're welcome. Sean and I would very much like to build the attraction. You're welcome. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Metroid is now an attraction. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> don't thank us. Or do. Does he go to Donkey Kong? I mean, I don't see why not. Fuck yeah, he does. I don't see why not. There's enough there's enough uh characters in the Donkey Kong kingdom to But it has to be Can we put Donkey Kong in a city? I don't know. Like like the city world on Mario Odyssey. I see I think you have to you ha you have to keep true to some form. So he's in the fucking jungle? We're Link is in the jungle. Maybe it, Link is not in the jungle. He's in like a open land, isn't he with like trees and shit? There's forest, there's field, it's there's the mountains. fucking jungle. It's just, it's everything. He's if there's everything. trees and we've done Donkey Kong, it's the fucking jungle. It's not the jungle. Did you ever see Argo? Uh, so what if, yes. It's but, ancient Greece. <laughs> if there's a horse, it's a Western. Yeah. So what if, what if, um, instead of like the traditional kind of like Tiki Hut jungle thing, you have like a jungle city? Oh, like Gorilla City in the Flash comics? Sure. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Okay. I could, yeah. I could. Yeah, I can Done. do that. Because I'm, I'm interested in if we're going to go to these different worlds, it needs to look different. Mm -hmm. Like, we're doing space with Metroid and Star Fox, and then if we're going to Mario, it needs to look like Mario. And the great thing about Mario is there's 37 different... So we can do grass, we can do 
yeah. fucking ice. We can do soup. We can do whatever. We can do soup. But it, <laughs> but Donkey Kong and Zelda have a chance to look alike, and I just I need something to distinguish. You know, we're in the fucking forest with Link. I need to get out of the fucking forest with Donkey Kong. Yeah, I, I like the idea of uh, like a, a jungle city, a metropolis yep. jungle. Yep. With Donkey Kong as the warlord. Really? Well, isn't the thing with King Kong is he's like the ruler of the island. So what if we lean yeah. into it with Donkey Kong? He's the ruler of the Donkey Kong world. He's the big bad. Oh, that's interesting. So we're not doing like the no. the King K rule no. of Donkey Kong. No. Donkey Kong's... We've gone apocalypse now. Donkey Kong's gone crazy. He's Donkey Kong is like the Wilson Fisk of yeah, but with the Jungle there's Kingdom. Like, there are statues all over the place, and yeah. he's worshipped as a god. Yeah. yeah. And they hire Captain Falcon to take him out. <laughs> so instead of bounty hunting, he's assassinating him. Oh, my God. <laughs> we turn him in for, for a season. We turn him into the world's most incompetent assassin. Oh, my God. Against a 600-pound gorilla that he should know at every moment where he is because he makes so much noise. Yes. And again, Captain Falcon is really bad at it. So it's it's almost like the Big Lebowski too. People are going to hire him to do things that he's not remotely trained at doing. <laughs> yeah. Simply because his bravado is going to say, "Well, he seems like he's pretty good. He's got a badge and everything." I'm totally in. But him not understanding, like he thinks it's Donkey Kong Jr. But then Donkey Kong shows up and he goes, "Well, this is going to be significantly more difficult." <laughs> Does Link have? There's magical parts to Zelda, right? There's like spells and shit. Um. Yes and no. Yeah. Wh- that, where are you going with this? No, I just, if we're doing, you know, we've, we're doing Apocalypse Now where we're going to assassinate Donkey Kong. I just like the idea that Link would be like Lord of the Rings. Link is definitely a little bit more Lord of the Rings. That's great. That's what I'm looking for. Yep. So really what I'm looking for here is we're going to, each season is going to be a spoof of a genre. So mm. like the Metroid, at its heart, the Metroid season is Terminator. The two things come together, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So Link is Lord of the Rings. Okay. And we are going to bring in Lord of the Rings tropes, and Captain Falcon is going to be like, this is fucking dumb. <laughs> um, Donkey Kong is essentially apocalypse. They don't now. have they don't have like cars or anything in, in Hyrule, so he'll just be like, What you so you walk everywhere? Yeah. You ride a what? You what is a horse? Yeah, you ride domesticated animals? Okay. And then essentially, I can't believe I'm making a joke of this, but essentially Donkey Kong is like a weird political apocalypse now type thriller. Yeah. I'm essentially, I can't believe I'm making this and I'm probably going to go to hell. It's donkey Vietnam. That's what I'm looking for. Donkey Kong to look like 1960s Vietnam. Absolutely. There's river boats and you have to go up river and the river is dangerous. Yes. And he is Marlon Brando in apocalypse now. I love it. (laughs) This is horrible. Like I'm a horrible human being. Nope. Totally fine. And then Mario, Mario is just your straightforward adventure. Okay. Mario is the buddy cop. He and Mario are actually going to get along. Oh, okay. Do we know how good a plumber Mario is? Probably uh, not great, I imagine. Kindred spirits. <laughs> it's like lethal weapon. What if Mario edges out Kip as the, the, like, the sidekick? Captain Falcon wants Cappy, but they all have to keep reminding him he's just a hat and Mario throws it. <laughs> he's like, no, look at all that shit Cappy does. It's like, yeah, Mario throws it. <laughs> and then Street Fighter is kickboxer. 
like Karate right. Kid Kickboxer. The tournament, the martial arts combat tournament. I'm in. I'm in. Can we put a promoter character into the Street Fighter universe and can we get Dana White? I mean, can we? Yeah. I think we need to for the Street Fighter season. We're going to create an original character because here's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about avoiding Bison in the Street Fighter season. Altogether? Yes. Mm. And the big bad is Dana White. Interesting. And you know what I'm really doing there? What are you doing there? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're doing the authority thing. But but also Gladiator. If you ever saw the movie Gladiator. Yep. I just I don't know how you do Castlevania funny. You don't, and I think that's that's why he doesn't want to go there. But I guess at He's some point we it. have to. Is it the 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 you're familiar with Chekhov's snake? If the you sh- the snake in chapter three has to bite you in chapter eight, yeah, it's actually called Chekhov's gun, but I've heard it used a couple. Of different I know ways. what you mean, yeah. So at some point, if we show Castlevania, don't we have to go there somehow? I think, uh, yeah, it comes it comes crashing into his life. Like he doesn't want it, but it 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 just happens. Like he can't avoid it. And anymore. then, it, do you ever see the Nintendo cartoon? So in the, there was um, a Nintendo cartoon. And Simon Belmont was exactly how we just described Captain Falcon. Know. Really? Yeah. He was caught. He was really arrogant and egotistical and sure of himself and a dick. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. if we play our cards right, you know who Simon Belmont is? Voice? Stallone. What if he's the action oh, hero? that'd be perfect. What if he's like the hard-jawed action hero so like I'm not saying Mel Gibson but like the guys from the 80s Schwarzenegger Van Damme Seagal Stallone he doesn't say much it's all like one line deliberate and he is a bad bad man yeah no I'm in because he's a fucking vampire hunter yes oh it's perfect and he's not he's not funny he's not humorous he's just straight ahead killing it (laughs) like again I'm thinking like Rambo yeah I'm thinking like Rambo or uh, what was that? Nighthawk or whatever that Cobra. Cobra. Commando. You know, Schwarzenegger and Commando. Yep. That's what I'm thinking about. What if the racing season... Oh, no, no, no. Even better. Even better. The race. The season with racing where we're actually going to do his racing. That's your Dana White. He's the corrupt racing promoter. Oh, that's perfect. Yep. And my theme, Running Man. <laughs> okay. Like it's a, or like death wish, like it's a death race. Yeah, no, it's it real like, yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. There's your Dana White, Vince McMahon. And we'll keep Street Fighter, Street Fighter, Bison, the fighting. Sure. Okay. The amnesia. <laughs> yes. I do love the amnesia kick. I'm kind of yeah. looking forward to the Donkey Kong season. I want, I want to do a comedy apocalypse now. <laughs> I just love the idea of all these characters kind of fitting the mold of what you would expect. And then Donkey Kong being like the exact opposite of what you I'm would actually think. turning Go- Donkey Kong into Grodd from the Flash. Kind of, yeah. Which I, which is fine. Again, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. He's Grodd with a bow tie or uh, a necktie. And and Mario Brothers is kind of like the 80s team up. It's like Lethal Weapon or Tango and Cash. <laughs> yes. They're two people of equal skill set 
like for some for some reason finding the princess is tied into Captain Falcon's fate. Yeah. So they kind of need each other to accomplish the goal. And then Luigi's in the background like, "Do you want me to come?" He's like, "No, no, you you stay." We'll figure out a way to get Luigi in there. But we so they have a plumbing business and <laughs> <laughs> You're really into the plumbing for and, them. Well, and Luigi has to, to stay behind to fulfill all of their obligations to the business. Luigi and Toad. <laughs> Toad is like, they're, he gets bumped up and he's a plumber now. Yeah. I love it. And Luigi's constantly telling Mario, he's like, no, you can't go look for the princess. We have, we have jobs we have you've, to do. You've got to come back. Yeah. <laughs> when are you coming back? Like, yeah, we what? have shit to do. We're at the Robinsons at the end of the week. You know, I'm really tired of this shit with you saving the princess. Can't somebody else do it? And I like the idea of like Captain Falcon being fascinated by Cappy. Yeah. And being like, I want Cappy. And it's like, yeah, he's a hat to the blue Falcon and bring the hat. Mario wears him. But we have to bring Mario has to come with the hat. Captain. Uh, Sure. Bring Mario. I love it. Can we do a punch out universe? I really here's the really mm. brief punch out universe. Captain Falcon shows up and he's like, "So all I have to do is knock this big guy out and you'll give it to me?" Yeah. Bam. And that's Falcon Bodge. And that's it. <laughs> I'm in. I love I've it. Th- by the way, some of this stuff I just thought about right now as I'm sitting here. No, this is way more, again, this is way more developed. I've just I've leaned into the parody of the 1980s, 1990s movies that I grew up with cuz why not? That Castlevania season is going to be badass crazy though. Oh, it's going to be fucking serious. <laughs> yeah. Like people die. <laughs> Not, you know, like the stakes are like, if you die, that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. And all those other universes, like in a Nintendo game, you can regenerate. But in Castlevania, you're done. So Castle, the Castlevania season is kind of like the culmination of all of the other seasons. Like there's some serious shit happening like and it. they need everyone's help. So that's where you get the Super Smash Brothers. T- like, oh, so now feel. it's now it's the Avengers. And now you have like, yeah, now that's your crossover. Your ultimate crossover is you. you serious shit is happening. You can't have one or two people help you. You need a fucking army. Maybe that's the spoof of Castlevania. Maybe what we're doing is the Avengers. Maybe. Like all the portals open up and they just keep flying through. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, folks, we are all sober. None of us are high or drunk. We came to this clear minds and clear hearts. This is it. And I have to let you know, I I did set up a phone line, so to speak. Indeed you did. For for the pod. I was curious why we had a telephone number. We have a phone number that you can call or text and I'm not going to answer it, but you can leave a message. Sure. Uh, and then maybe we'll play Has it. Has anybody called us or texted us? No, but I'm going to put it, I'm going to announce it for the very first time actually on the pod. So the phone line is 857-264-1878. That number uh, again? 857-264-1878. Call or text the Wanted by None hotline. Yeah, buddy. I'm so pumped. And we'll maybe play your message on air if we can figure it out, but we'll certainly respond to it. Yeah, hell yeah. And then, we, of course, we have the email. And the email uh, is wantedbynoneshow. Wantedbynoneshow at gmail.com. Come see us on Instagram, Twitter. All the socials. The Twitter and Facebook. Wantedbynonepod. Yes, sir. So I think to take you out uh, of this episode, we're just going to let you enjoy some of our <laughs> spoken word uh, Christopher Walken and Christopher Sean Connery. Walken and Sean Connery. And we'd like to thank rock. them for uh, for joining us. <laughs>
Especially for Sir Sean Connery. I mean, he's, he's in his 90s now. And yeah, it's, it's got to be hard. Who knew he liked Ozzy Osbourne? Walking, listening to The Doors, I get. Yeah, that Who makes, knew Sean that makes Connery sense. liked heavy metal? Until next time, it's your old pal Jeff Caroni. And Sean Beecham. This has been Wanted by None. You know that it would be untrue. You know, I would be a liar. If I was to say to you, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Come on, baby. Light my fire. Try to set the night on. Generals gathered in their masses. Just like witches at black masses. Evil minds that plot destruction. Sorcerer of death's construction. In the fields, the body's burning. As the war machine keeps turning. Death and hatred to mankind. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>